Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, I am talking to Jonathan Fishback. He is the CEO and founder of Estate Space. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Awesome. Lance, thank you for having me here today. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to dig into your business because you are helping people basically retain a lot of the wealth that they've accumulated. And our audience is really, really keen to know that, I'm sure. Uh, but before we do that, can we talk a little bit about what you think three things are that every entrepreneur needs to know? Yeah, for sure. So um, I think that's a great question. Uh, there's 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 three things that always come top of mind to me uh, in, in, in this work. So the first thing is um, making sure that you get a good advisor. Uh, it's very important uh, in any marketplace that you find somebody that has the experience, that has done uh, what you are trying to do. Um, and this, uh, these rules also see no boundaries, right? It doesn't matter what business you're trying to start in what industry. Uh, the second thing is to find like people. So uh, in my case, I have found a network of um, founder and CEO, um, CEOs of SaaS companies. So I've surrounded myself with like entrepreneurs uh, because it's very important um, for my continuous education. I learn more from my peers um, I pick up and, and actually apply more things to my business by learning from others um, it, that are doing the same thing I'm doing. Um, and then the third thing is um, prepare and plan. So it doesn't cost any money to think. So um, I've been a firm believer um, over the last couple uh, 20 years now that 70% um, of everything I do is preparation and planning. Um, mm -hmm. The execution of a really good plan is easy. Trying to execute no plan or a, a poorly put together plan is it can yeah. be very difficult and be very costly. So um, those would be my top three things, Lance. Yeah, exactly right. As they say, failing to plan is planning to fail, and so uh, that's always a really good lesson. And uh, obviously, something that every successful entrepreneur out there um, has lived through those moments of really poor planning and the consequences of that. And we maybe we'll get into some stories about that a little bit later, but I do want to dig into um, the advisor comment that you made. So get a good advisor. Are you talking about paid advisors? Are you talking about unpaid, uh, you know, advisors and mentors? Uh, what is, how is it that you, I guess, approach that from your perspective and your experience? Yeah, well, I think that from like a mentorship perspective, there's a lot of people out there that are willing to do that for free. I'm one of those people because um, by mentoring others and teaching, I learn more teaching than I do kind of yeah. just trying to learn. Um, so I, 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 I'm a firm believer in giving back. A lot of other entrepreneurs also have this shared mindset. Um, but no, from an advisor perspective, um, I've gotten the most value out of <laughs> out of a paid advisor service um, when you find the right one. So once you find the right one, you know, ultimately you're going to partner with them. Um, you're going to pay them to partner with your business um, and they're going to be the best financial investment that you're going to make in that company, right? Assuming that, that they're the right person for your business because um, they're going to help save you all of the time and effort because they've been there and done that. So while they may cost a lot, um, ultimately they cost the least because they're going to help accelerate the things that you're trying to do. Um, a lot of advisors will spend the time uh, and again, um, meet with it. It's, it's a, it's a bi-directional interview. You got to make sure that, um, both parties are right for each other. Um, but once, you know, when, go, go through the due diligence of really making sure, um, because it ends up being a commitment, 
Um, but it can also look like things if you don't have capital. You know, there's other tactics that you can take. You could give a part ownership. You could give them a board position uh, once your board is formed. Um, so, you know, there, there's other ways um, to compensate them. But, yeah, I mean, when they have a vested interest, uh, you're going to get more out of an advisor. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that's one of the things that I've heard a lot of people say who have used both, um, you know, a free advisory board and then a paid advisory board. Uh, and they've really stressed the difference in terms of the the paid ones. They are, you know, the advisors themselves are much more accountable to the process and to the results of the organization. And so you end up getting maybe a little bit better tutelage through that process. Um, I'm curious. Now, you are a three-time founder. Um, and so this isn't the first, you know, rodeo, so to speak, that you've been on. And uh, was this something that you identified like in your first venture that you started out with, uh, with, with a really good advisory, you know, network there, or is this something that you learned through some of the ventures that you've had? Yeah. So this is, uh, this being my, my third venture right now, um, it was uh, June of 2019 when we pivoted uh, this company to pure SaaS. Um, and it was at that time that I found, um, my first real advisor. Um, yeah. so my, you know, my, my, my previous ventures, um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So um, I had, you know, my father was a mentor to me, you know, still is a mentor to me. Um, and, uh, and so those were that he was kind of my guidance in the beginning. Um, my, my first two ventures were service-based businesses. So um, I, I come from ultra high network construction management. And uh, it was, it was during those times that I, uh, that I had the opportunity to really identify and it was a genesis for this venture um, and getting back into technology um, and back to kind of the education um, that I that I had gotten prior to getting into construction. Yeah. So, well, now let's talk a little bit about your business right now. So, estate space. What are you know what problems are you trying to solve uh, with this particular venture? Then, really hard ones. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, when it comes to you know when estate space is at a high level, we're simplifying estate management. Uh, when you dig a little bit deeper into that. Um, you know, we, we start dealing with um, non-financial asset management, both from an operational perspective and a portfolio perspective. So um, and, and they work hand in glove. Right. We have this uh, virtuous cycle between our clients and their and their and the improvement of their economic outcomes. Um, and so when we start to look at property management, asset management, now we're talking about things like cars and art and collectibles. Um, we understand that business very well, having come out of service and managing facilities at a very high scale, large scale. Um, yep. So, you know, that, that's a very hard thing to do. That's a very complex operation. There's a lot of privacy issues that you're dealing with, um, a lot of moving parts and a very big ecosystem. And so um, when we started to look at technology in that space, um, let's call it seven years ago, uh, we started to realize that there's all this fintech out there. Right. There's all this prop tech, but there is nothing um, that, that's really managing this. Right. Everything had to deal with financial or liquid assets, alternative investments. Right. There's a lot of financial fintech out there for property investors, but nothing to actually get back to. OK, I have to manage a very complex estate. Um, some mm -hmm. of the personal reasons why we did this um, was, you know, being on the other side, inside of these homes, we've seen a lot of, of problems, right? So we have this, you know, huge marketplace where you've got, um, you know, staff members that, um, you know, are unable to properly manage expectations and breakdowns in communication and a lack of transparency of information because everything's so private. And so 
trying to solve those things. Um, and then there's no standardization of information. So how do we do that in a dynamic way that's scalable? So those were some of like the initial problems that we really identified um, and are excited to, to be able to have now solved for, for our clients. Now, in terms of the opportunity, um, so you went from service-based businesses into yep. now a SaaS product. I'd imagine what was really attractive about that was just the scalability of the SaaS model um, and that recurring revenue uh, stream that can be you know, achieved through it. Is that fair to say, or, or where did you see the real opportunities to take that pivot? Yeah, so so maybe similar to yourself, right? Um, I, I was building homes. I had clients. I love relationships. I'm a people person. Um, I wanted to be able to help more people, and I could only help so many through a services-based business where I've got you know anywhere from you know one to five clients at a time. And so um, the real like personal professional opportunity that I saw in SaaS was yes, those things are fair to say. Recurring revenue is great. I love the subscription model. Um, I love creating, I love now being able to work back with service providers that I worked with over the last couple of decades to help them, you know, strategize and create service as a service. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think from a, um, from, from knowing this now, now I'm able to help. I mean, you know, we're just crossing a hundred clients and a thousand members. Um, what I really love about this is that we have, uh, of the, of those clients, I have a relationship with almost all of them. Someone in our company has a relationship. So I think that some of the things that really separate us and, and kind of give us that advantage is that, well, I might have a technology background. Um, I, I, I came out of service, right? I'm not just a technologist trying to solve a, a problem. Um, and the other piece of it is, is you know, the, the human capital part of it, right? Knowing that we had clients, that they needed this thing in which we were going to build, which was a state space and, um, and really serving them. Um, and supporting them as people, um, our technology wouldn't be anything, right? It's useless without people. And so that is um, something that we, you know, still have a very profound respect for managing relationships and having a marketplace of service providers that can help the people, help people when they need help uh, in a given aspect or area of their life. Yeah, and I, and I teased at the very beginning when I did the introduction that uh, we're going to be talking about or that your business is in the business of kind of helping people retain some of that net worth that they've worked so hard to achieve. And so um, are your clients then, are they the actual, um, you know, owners of all this, the properties and collectibles and so on, the, the non-liquid assets? Or are they the service providers who are then looking for a solution to help manage their clients who are those people? So it's both. Um, so okay. uh, we, we, we're serving the principal owners. Uh, we're serving their representatives. Uh, we're serving family offices. We're serving property and construction management firms, uh, service-based companies that are helping. And so we created a platform from like a permissioning and a, a security perspective to work from a B to C or to work from a B to B or to be able to create two separate connections and allow them to um, do business together um, and having the right levels of transparency um, when we start talking about like property or project or organizational management. Okay, understood. Now, yep. when it comes to your experience through the journey of developing this business, I mean, you're on the service side of things before you were, your background is, I think you said construction. Um, and so you understand those aspects, you know, building the technology pieces 
is something altogether different. I mean, obviously you saw an opportunity and a need. Um, so how do you yourself navigate through that? Because it's a totally different world with a whole different language altogether, literally, when we're talking about, you know, programming and, and building a SaaS company. So how did you approach that? Yes. So I'm smiling, right? Because, um, you know, rewind uh, 2015, 2016, right? Um, most of the 2010s, you know, were a four to $15 million, you know, annual revenue construction firm doing really well. Um, well, so that's just going to translate into technology. Like I'm going to be successful there, right? Um, so that, <laughs> that, that didn't really happen, right? Um, it took me uh, uh, probably about two and a half to three years to really like reinvent myself, really get back into technology, really learn and understand modern tech. I haven't written a line of code since college. So um, yeah. it, it'd been a while. Um, but one of the cool parts is in, in something that, you know, I always, you know, it, when, when talking with others, uh, that's it's so important to understand kind of those tangible assets that you pick up along your way in your career, right? Um, so like, you know, very complex management um, in construction and projects, like, you know, that, that translates to, to operating a business, right? Being able to see things in a, in a simple way and, and then, um, you know, really being able to apply the things that you've learned over time. Um, you know, and I think that the, the kind of the key for me was getting a good advisor. Uh, and as of this year, I actually also hired a coach. Um, just to, I just wanted to get new perspective. Um, I really wanted to work on myself. You know, I really wanted to focus on kind of softening myself doing a, uh, a better job on me and, and my personal improvements um, have actually been the biggest impacts professionally um, where I've really been able to become a better CEO, become a, just a better coworker, right? Better colleague, uh, better, better advisor to, to others and, and, a, and a better partner. So um, that's, for, I think, you know, for, for me, that, that was kind of, it took me a while. Um, and so, but, I'm glad I did it because now I'm, I'm ready. You know, estate space is scaling in 2023. Uh, we've got a lot of traction. Um, it's very, very exciting. Uh, but now I'm ready for that excitement. Um, I'm able to really slow down to speed up. I'm really able to, um, do my job well as our CEO and, uh, and product owner. And that, um, I spent the last probably two years, the way that I got there was really just, in entrenching myself in, in the development of the product and learning everything that I could from our team, uh, which is now about 15 people. Um, you know, I think, uh, what, uh, 12 of which are developers. So we're, um, you know, I've, I've now I've got really great leadership and I've got the right knowledge base to be able to be an effective product owner, um, and be able to properly kind of, uh, delegate and manage uh, a tech business. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. So now, obviously, this is a totally different kind of business than what your first two businesses were. But I'm curious, what maybe is easier this round, you know, with this founding of this business that uh, was maybe more difficult before, right? Well, so what's gotten easier as you've gotten more experience as a founder, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner? Everything. Um, so, you know, SaaS is great, right? We've got uh, a tiered subscription model. Uh, I, I'm not dealing with um, a lot of the same complex accounting issues or chart of accounts. Everything's just simpler with SaaS. Um, and simple is hard to get to. So even if you are SaaS, I mean, there's, there is complex SaaS businesses out there. So really trying to figure out 
okay, how, what's the simplest point that we can get to? What are the three things that we're going to do? Who, who are we, right? Um, and then really just staying, staying on that aim and, and not wavering from it. Because um, I'd say the other things that kind of tripped me up in the beginning is I was so service oriented. So kind of my, my, my competitive advantages were also a weakness in the beginning um, because I, it was hard for me to break that service mindset. And I've, I've talked to others yeah. about that and that's a real thing. So, um, you know, again, if I would have maybe planned a little bit more and slowed down in the beginning, I might have overcome some of that stuff. But again, it's, it's all part of my ride and my journey. So I, I own it and it's, it's, been, it's been a great learning experience. So now as an entrepreneur myself, I mean, I can relate to the ups and downs of the journey uh, very much so. But there's also a lot of things that, you know, that we love, but some things that the entrepreneurial lifestyle uh, makes things a little bit more difficult too, right? So in your opinion, what's the most difficult aspects of being an entrepreneur? Uh, I'd say work-life balance has probably been my number one struggle. Um, Is that a thing? Is, (laughs) Is there such a thing? Yeah, well, so there is. I've actually just realized it uh, last April when I took a family vacation and didn't work uh, for the first time in 40 years. So, um, yeah. you know, I think I think with SAS, one of the things I really love is like, you know, my business, um, I might have an employee profile somewhere between 20 and 30 when I'm done. Um, you know, being in services, you need people to scale revenue. So, you know, I was managing, you know, 50 plus employees, 1200 team members around the world to complete that, you know, to get, get work completed. So, um, it really simplified that. And, uh, and, and now that we're to a good point, we've, you know, the, the grind, if you will, feels like it's kind of in my rear view mirror. Um, I'm looking forward to new challenges, but I've really done a good job. Um, and I would encourage anybody to, um, properly time block, right? I, I preach that first you need to take care of yourself, Lance, then you take care of your family, then you go to work and do a good job. Um, if yeah. those, you can't take care of someone else if you can't take care of yourself. And so um, just, you know, maintaining good health, um, keeping, you know, my, part, truly partnering with my wife and being there first, um, and, and then going to work. I think that for me, that second piece of like, I finally partnered with V. Uh, my my wife, uh, we I, I've had a much better business because of that. Um, it was very much separate, um, mostly because she didn't really want to know about what I did at work, and she was a great outlet for me to get away from it. Um, but yeah. to really, really be successful, you know, I, I have, you have to partner with your wife in every aspect of your life. So uh, I've now brought her into that, and uh, she's actually one of my one of my best advisors. Right? She's got a real, really smart woman, and gives me a lot of great insights and advice on what to do and how to handle things. And uh, you know, that's 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 been awesome. Yeah, yeah, it sounds beautiful, and and definitely a dream I think that a lot of entrepreneurs have in terms of having that uh, the the team, right? Your team at home, your team uh, in the business, your just you know take on on the world and all the challenges that come with it. Uh, together, yeah. right? So it makes everything exactly. stronger potentially. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, are you bootstrapping this business, or is this something where you have uh, outside investment? Uh, are you, any anything like that? Yeah. So we we bootstrapped uh, for the first uh, about four and a half years. Um, really, was really, we did friends and family funding um, up until uh, August of this of twenty twenty two. Um, and so we're doing a pre-seed round right now. So we're raising uh, 3.2 million um, on a $17 million pre-money. Uh, we've raised 2.2 of that. So we have a million left, um, which is a, a really positive sign considering the macroeconomics that are happening around the world. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, and we have a lot of interest, and so we're actually, um, you know, we're we're open to actually uh, raising an additional two million dollars because of investor interest at this point. So that's that's really exciting for us. Um, you know, the, that latter piece would actually take us to positive cash flow uh, sometime about uh, sixteen to eighteen months from now. So we're re- really excited for you know what the future holds here. Yeah, well, and just to have that affirmation as well, right, from uh, other people saying, yeah, this seems like this is a, a good idea. You're on the right track. I want to support this. That's cool. I, 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 I can't tell you uh, how rewarding that is. Um, it's been, I mean, you, you know, as a founder, but to have yep. people, I never, never really thought I'd be here where I'm raising capital for a business and I'm scaling a tech company. Like, I, I never didn't see this one kind of coming, but um Definitely uh, excited for the fact that other people are excited. You know, I think the one of the best things for us right now is, well, I, you know, I, I don't get on a lot of client calls, but when I'm on there and I'm seeing, our, you know, somebody using what we've built, the way that, you know, solving the problem that I lived yeah. and being able to help a family or someone saying, I've been waiting for this for, you know, so long, like that's, um, that, that's really, really uh, rewarding. Yeah, that's why we do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, completely. So I'm I'm curious if you could write your younger entrepreneurial self a letter, what would be in that letter? Uh, your opening question would be the letter to myself. Yeah, um, I would I would have I would have wrote myself a letter to go get good advice, find yeah. like minded uh, individuals, and really plan and prepare before launching a business. Um, you know, I think from a uh, when I, when would I have done that? I would have done that on my first venture. Um, yeah. uh, I was very, uh, excited. Um, I'm a type A person, right? I'm very, I was very excited to like start a company and have this thing and go do great work and help people. Um, and so I would say that, uh, it, with each venture, uh, I've been able to rush less. I've been able to plan more. I've been able to better be prepared. Um, and so right now I'd say the, you know, and uh, the other thing I would probably add to that letter is start with really good corporate hygiene, right? Like really mm-hmm. do a good job of the formation piece of it. Um, and, and, and then, and then put in proper governance, right? R- really be, um, uh, really be focused as a CEO on corporate governance. Um, it's, it's our job in most cases to raise capital or to make sales, to, Govern your business properly. Um, you know, investors appreciate it, but most importantly, you will appreciate it. Those are the types of things when you have when when you have good hygiene that will allow you a work life balance, right? That will um, because you know you my, my spot we share in uh, you know the successes and the struggles that we've had over the years, and um, you know I think that's uh, you know again super happy that I've kind of went through all of this stuff because I have a profound appreciation. Uh, for kind of the position that we finally got in the company to, um, you know, 2019, we pivoted, we, we, we were, we were invested with millions um, and we probably had about a $0 value. So we've mm-hmm. continued to just work and, and grind and, and build the company back to a, a valuable asset that now is an investable asset. So um, had, a, you know, focusing on that corporate hygiene and governance is going to allow you to accelerate that roadmap. Yeah. Great advice. Really great advice. Well, thank you so much for sharing that and sharing your story. Um, it's been really interesting. And I think one of the things that, you know, us as entrepreneurs um, are, 
always looking for is some of those little nuggets of, of, of knowledge and little pieces that one can walk away with. And I just really loved your uh, statement there where you said, um, if you are, you're uh, slowing down to speed up, right? And it's just being back to that planning and being methodical about everything and making sure that you have that groundwork laid for success. I, like I, Nike I just, don't know if there's anything else that you want to add to that statement, but I think that's kind of what you're getting at, right? Yeah, and so I kind of took the Nike, just do it, and it's um, our motto is don't rush it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the opposite of you know, like like Google's. Uh, I don't. I think it was their old, and I don't think it still is. But uh, you know, or no, which one was it? It was. Uh, it was. It was uh, hurry up and break things or something like that. Break things fast or something. Uh, yep. One of those big tech companies anyway, it was that way, right? And it's like, you're taking the exact opposite approach, which is, <laughs> I think, a little bit wiser. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, uh, Jonathan, how would people, uh, you know, reach out to you if, if they wanted to connect with you personally or to learn more about Estate Space? Yep. No, thank you. Um, uh, so you can just go to estatespace.com. Um, you can contact us through our website. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm always looking to connect and, and, and grow our network, um, my own personal network. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, from there, um, you know, people that connect with me, I'm always looking to have a meaningful, thoughtful conversation. So, um, you know, please don't hesitate to, uh, to, to get to know me. And uh, I'm, I'm always looking forward to getting, getting to know others. Excellent. Well, thank you again. Really appreciate you taking the time today, Jonathan. And for those of you who are listening today, if you really enjoyed this episode, you want to check out the videos, head over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca. That's where you're going to find the full archive. And if you prefer to just listen to the archives, you can head over to any of your favorite podcasting platforms and just search Amplify Your Business and you're going to find us there. So until our next episode, have a prosperous day, everybody. And thank you once again, Jonathan. Jonathan.